Good day and welcome to the Cincy Slang and Bearcat Podcast. I'm Coomer, joined as always by Hummer. Hummer, what's up, buddy? I'm in a weird place, right? I'm 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 on Wikipedia and I'm I'm looking at a section here called Notable Games. And to express how I'm truly feeling and how weird the Crosstown classic shootout, how weird of a space it has me in. Uh, March 3rd, 1967, the last of 12 straight Cincinnati wins. It resulted in 57 fouls and saw Musketeer Joe Pengrazio grab a crutch, a crutch from a fan and say he made a poor guy or gal hobble out of the stadium so he could take their crutch and throw it at a Bearcat player. Okay. It was not the, the first punch thrown at a Crosstown shootout was not Yancey Gates. All right. And it wasn't even the first punch thrown by a Bearcat. That happened in 1986. And don't quote me if it was the first, just the first one I'm reading about. Myron Hughes punching Egg Xavier's Eddie Johnson and knocking him to the ground. This is how good he was, though. No foul was called, right? No foul was called on the play. I'm in such a, a weird space right now with this rivalry. I don't, I don't know what to think. I'm trying to avoid it for the the sake of my emotional sanity. Uh, and it's like oddly, I, I am not thinking about it. And it's so bad that I actually agree with some people that I saw on Twitter looking at the ESPN predictor that gives us like 42, 47 percent chance of victory, and them saying, you know what? It should probably be a hundred percent chance that Xavier's gonna win this game and zero percent chance for Cincinnati. All that being said, UC still leads this series by 13 games. That gives us hopefully at least 13 more years before Xavier can even claim to be better than the University of Cincinnati. They have zero final fours, zero national championships. And they had to bring back their coach, who is a known cheater. It is a great day to be a Cincinnati Bearcat basketball fan. Welcome to Rivalry Week. You're in a dark place, my friend. You are in a dark place. Searching the archives for epic foul fight moments in the history of this crosstown rivalry. You also made the assumption that it's going to take Xavier 13 years to be on equal footing as the Bearcats, which is assuming 13 consecutive victories after the season hummer pull your head out of your ass my friend that's 10 this is not this is not happening this is not happening you are giving xavier far too much respect you are certainly rattled over the turmoil that our basketball program has faced over the past few seasons it's never easy going through a coaching change it's never easy going through two coaching changes in the span of what four years. It's never easy being Mick Cronin in this rivalry. <laughs> I think someone made a great observation earlier this week that it's been about 15 years more since a coach actually cared about the results in this rivalry. And thankfully West Miller is someone that does appear to care about the results in this rivalry. The challenge he faces is that he is rebuilding a program right now and they are not playing elite basketball. And now I have a hard time first... taking you serious with that. With what? When he said, when he says comments like we're going to, 
we're going to gobble their butts on Saturday. That's definitely one of the worst five quotes in the history of the shootout. I'm Wes, sorry. That one, Wes, that one was We got to up your game on the, on the, it's got to be, it can't, it can't, <laughs> there's no gobbling in this, in this rivalry, Wes. We're not gobbling anything. We're kicking ass and taking names. 11. Let's talk about this crosstown shootout this, this year, Hummer. It, it is a strange vibe. I think it's because of the fact that the Cincinnati Bearcats are going on, on two seasons here are going on, frankly, three seasons of overall uninspiring basketball. Not to say there haven't been moments, not to say there aren't players that we're going to remember for you know years upon years upon years. There's certainly a lot of memorable players on this team, very good players on the past few teams, but we haven't been a team that's competing for tournament berths. We haven't been a team that is in the top 25 consistently throughout a season. And this year, Bearcats heading into this matchup are six and three. And it's 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 chock full of a schedule that that's not challenging the team other than the Maui tournament. And during the Maui tournament, we largely, you know, had our butts kicked. So heading into this game, I think there's a lot of the sense I'm getting from the fan base is that there's just a, a little bit of concern about what's going to happen on our home court. Me personally. I see reason to be optimistic. I know people whoa, are. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Can continue, my man. Let me hear the optimism. I think people are sleeping on the fact that Fifth Third Arena is a sleeping giant. This is one of the premier home courts in college basketball, but it hasn't been for the past couple of seasons. We haven't necessarily had a team that can defend it accordingly. We also True. experienced multiple COVID seasons during that time, one where the stadium just couldn't be filled. Mm-hmm. The next was John Brandon's second year, and who the hell wanted to fill the stadium at that point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here we are in Wes Miller's second season, his first matchup against Xavier, where they're coming to Fifth Third Arena. And I have a sneaking suspicion that this sold-out arena is going to absolutely explode with excitement. It's going to be the type of energy we got when Houston came to town during Wes Miller's first year. And the environment was raucous. The energy was insane. The only problem was Houston has been just mauling us recently, and we didn't stay in that game long enough to really keep the energy up. I don't see Xavier being able to maintain that, and I actually think that the crowd is going to lift this team to heights we haven't seen from this roster. That's not to say there aren't challenges or obvious you know, issues we might have in terms of matchups. We'll get into that. But I do think I want to start off with fifth third arena, fifth third arena returning to glory on Saturday. That is going to happen. Book it. I I like it. Uh, you can, you can never, you can, you can underestimate the power of fifth third at your own peril. Uh, it's going to be rocking. It's, it's, I think it was, it was uh, the friend of the podcast, Joe Barnett had had a conversation with Chris Lepore who asked him, you know, what's it going to be like on Saturday? And I forgot. That's right. Wes Miller and co have never experienced a crosstown shootout at home. You know, they, they, they had some raucous games last year, but this is going to take it to a whole new level. This is the game that these players, they, they, I don't even know if our own players know what's coming. You know, I, I don't know if you can really get it from watching a video of how insane, insane this place is. Uh, I'm just thankful that it's here on our home court because, you know, 
Xavier happened to be the way they are, you know, had to claim that your home court time was when it has to be empty. You know, we can't come back to your place because, you know, this is what it is. So, no, that's a good point. But with the play on the court, how are you feeling? I would say there's some obvious concerns. For anybody who remembers last season at Cintas, and Cintas is always, you know, a horror show for us. I, I can't wait for the day when we go in there and just wax them. It's coming sooner than later. Can we talk before I, before I let you finish. Can we actually talk about the culture of Xavier and realize that this is truly the only thing they live for, right? I don't. I don't know much about the culture. Is there? A, is there a culture? I just assume this is the only game they live for, right? This is the only time of year that I actually like see Xavier fans really giving a, a fuck about anything. Eh, can I can I say something about that though? Don't we we do care about this game? I hate I hate yeah, not just us. I'm talking about them though. Like right. this is their national but championship. I I don't love that talking point because to me it's the talking point you use when you've lost seven of the last ten matchups. It's the talking point you use when your program, which for the for most of those matchups, we were on equal or better footing than Xavier, and we weren't delivering results. Mick Cronin was not beating Xavier at the clip he should have. And a defense mechanism we have as a fan base is to say that this game matters a lot more to them than it does us. I don't feel good walking around town with my Cincinnati shirt on, knowing that Anytime I come across a Xavier fan, they've got they've got rights on me. They've got bragging rights. They're punking us again. That matters. To, this game does matter to me, and I'm sick and tired of losing it. So saying that this game matters to them more and it's their national championship and this and that, it's, it's to me kind of a loser's mentality. I'm really not a fan of it. Am I, tell me I'm wrong. Like, I, not I wrong. don't like it. This is just, I feel like this is where it's because we've been so bad in this matchup over the past two decades that it's just, it's taking us there. It's almost like, all right, we can sit there and talk about, yes, they've never been to a final four. They've never, they've never done this. They are the, the series record is this, but in the modern era for most of our lives of, of being conscious Bearcat fans, we've been getting punked by Xavier and yeah, we're sick of it, right? Like this is a game where like right now, this is what I'm hoping. This is what I'm hoping for, and I'm hoping it starts earlier. Michigan, Ohio State. Michigan was getting punked by Ohio State, and now two years in a row they punked. They punked. They they're the punkers, and that's what I want to see happen with West. Like start punking this team, put them back to where they belong, the third largest university in the city of Cincinnati. Right, put them where they belong. People forget that in rivalry games, upsets do happen. Xavier is coming into this game the favorite. They are the team that has a more talented basketball roster. They have a more proven coach, frankly. They've got a guy who's achieved more success at the college basketball uh, level, at the highest levels, more so than Wes Miller has. They're coming into this game, I, I imagine, a betting favorite. While I, while I talk, you can hopefully look that up and tell me what the line is at. But I want people to harken back to a time when Sean Miller was coach of the Xavier Musketeers. Not this time, not the second time after he flamed out at Arizona for a variety of reasons to sort of outkicked his coverage. But a time before that, when he was following up Tad Mata and the beak, as my father likes to call him, 
Um, and and did he followed. Him, did you call him Tad? I did call him Tad. Tad Matta. <laughs> Sean Miller was in his third season, and it was a season where the Xavier Musketeers would go on to be twenty-five and nine, thirteen and three in the Atlantic Ten, finishing first. They came to Fifth Third Arena during what was Mick Cronin's second season as the head coach of the Cincinnati Bearcats. And we, it is very well documented the state of the program the Cincinnati Bearcats were in back in 2006. This game was played on December 13th, 2006. Xavier, their starting lineup was Justin Cage, Stanley Burrell, Drew Lavender, Josh Duncan, Justin Dolman, and then they had a substitutes of Derek Brown, Brandon Cole, BJ Raymond, and St. X legend Johnny Wolf. You want to know who the Bearcats were starting in that game? John Williamson, Jamal Warren, Deontay Vaughn, Cedric McGowan, Marcus Sykes. And then we had 18 minutes off the bench from my boy Marvin Gentry. A few other, you know, Connor Barwin got minutes in that game. Timmy Crowell, Ronald Allen, friend of the podcast. This was, in for all intents and purposes, a mismatch on the court. This was a game that Cincinnati fans had very little expectations for. But here's what I remember from that game. I was in the I was in the crowd. It was electric because it doesn't matter how good the Cincinnati Bearcats are or how bad the Xavier Musketeers are, how good they are at the time of the matchup. We do care about this matchup and we want to blow the roof off that place. And fifth third arena will be rocking. I remember Cedric McGowan hitting about a 30 foot three pointer at the buzzer to end the first half, sending the Bearcats into the locker room with a lead. And I remember the Cincinnati Bearcats walking out of fifth third arena that night with a 10 point victory in what would prove to be a pretty big upset given that the Cincinnati Bearcats went on to finish that season 11 and 19, two and 14 in the big East finishing in last place. That was a a mismatch on the court. Xavier came into that game outgunning the Bearcats. They were coached by Sean Miller and yet the Bearcats walked out winners. And that my friends is why we have no business talking about this game in any other way beyond how are the Cincinnati Bearcats going to walk out of fifth third arena Winners, and that's what which, I want to talk about today. Which, which which year was that? Two thousand six, two thousand seven. It was December thirteenth, two thousand six. There we go. Okay, our freshman year of college. Uh, I'm seeing that. So what you're saying is, there's a chance. There's more than a chance. There's more than a chance because at the end of the day, rivalry games are meant to, to be close, and we do show out when we play at Fifth Third Arena. And if there's, I would say coming into this game, what's surprising is Xavier has sort of made their way this season playing really good offensive basketball. If you look at Ken Palm, they're a top 10 offense this season, but they are not a prolific defensive team. And it's something that I imagine they they, they anticipate growing and developing as the season goes along. But right now they are not on a string. They are not locked in defensively. The Cincinnati Bearcats are not an elite offensive team, but we have scored points and we're not afraid to get into a track meet. And we do have potent shooting on this roster that can get hot in bunches. So I think when you combine the home court element, the fact that that is going to make a difference for the away team, the fact that it will hopefully put this home team into a mental state that's competitive and bought in and energetic and, and as Locked in as possible, as locked in as this version of the Cincinnati Bearcats can be. I think those are factors that favor the Bearcats and being able to put up a legitimate 
fight and pull off the upset in this game. I just, uh, fair. All right. I mean, you, you make a compelling argument. I'm just, uh, this, I guess I'm just going off to the recent history here of just, are these guys going to come out prepared? Are they going to come out with that fire? You know, like, like, are they going to come out like the rest that we've seen over the past two decades of some, not two decades, last 10 years. Cause there are some teams that got beat and upset in the Huggins era that were just like lights out, should have won that game. They came out with the energy, but there's other times where you just see like Bearcats walking out kind of like against the Northern Kentucky, right? Where it's like, oh, we should win this. We're the Bearcats, we're the top dog. And they just, they get dog walked. That's, I guess, where I'm having a hard time getting up for this because I've just, and I know you're right. It's fifth third. You're like, oh, you're like got to bring the energy. You're like, if I walked into the SPCA and was looking for a sweet dog to take home, you're that, you're that dog. I'm the one that's going to bite your hand. No, you're not biting hands. You're kind of like curled up in the corner. You're just yeah, shaking. Don't get too you're close. scared. Don't get too you're close. unsure. <sighs> you're 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 in pain. You're in a dark place with this rivalry. Pick uh, it up. Have some. I am. Have some testicular fortitude. Look, out of the three that we have won in the last ten years, two of them are at Fifth Third Arena. One of them is at US Bank Arena. We have been beaten at fifth third one, two times out of this time. I guess that's not that much, but we've been beaten at home twice. We haven't won at Centos in since 2001. It's like, that's how lopsided this is. We're not it's playing like, at Centos. We're not playing at I Centos. I'm, I'm living in the reality of the year 2022 when on Saturday, Xavier is going to come across town. ESPN is going to show the graphic, the fast forward graphic of going from Norwood to Clifton. And here's how fast it is. Look how close these universities are. Ha ha. It's amazing. Hummer, there's, there's a pathway here and upsets happen. That's I'm just trying to remind you and others who are despondent and, and kind of resigned to the idea that we're going to lose this game. We're going to win this game and defend home court. And frankly, it's going to be a trajectory changer for Wes Miller. I I actually view this as an opportunity for Wes Miller to sort of, you know, put it on the table and say, like, no, I'm here. We're gonna we're gonna win some games that you don't expect us to win. We're actually gonna come out and defend our asses off this game. That's something that is desperately needed. Because I am going to be realistic and say last year we had zero. Last year we had zero answer. For Nunji, we had no idea what to do with him. And last year, our roster featured Abdullah Du, it featured Hayden Caval, and it featured Victor Locken. A lot more size than we have this year. Victor Locken, you can look at the stats for this team, Hummer. Victor Locken is the most important player on this Cincinnati Bearcats roster. For anyone who's gotten legitimate minutes this season, Victor Locken has the best win share of any Cincinnati Bearcat. He is by far the most important player, and it will be imperative for this man to not get in foul trouble and to play more than his average of, what, 19-point-something minutes a game. This guy needs to be in the game and play significant minutes and have a significant impact for the Cincinnati Bearcats to pull off the upset. Love it. I love it. This is the turnaround. This is the turnaround for Wes Miller. This is – could we say – that this would be the trough of the all-time low of Wes Miller's career, just to set it off towards the moon trajectory. That what you're, that's what I'm hearing. 
He's not at the no. The all time the all time low was for Wes Miller in his very short stint with the Bearcats. His all time low, in my opinion, was I think it was Northern Kentucky. It might have been Ohio State, but I think it was Northern Kentucky. That was a that left people pretty despondent. It was a pretty discouraging way to lose a game, scoring eleven points in the second half. This would be a moment where you get skeptics like me believing a little bit more. This would be the type of win that says, hey, we haven't won a game that we're not quote-unquote supposed to win since we beat Illinois last season. We need to see Wes Miller go into a game where he extracts the maximum potential from this team while also holding your opponent to less than what they would normally do. How are we coming out and defending Xavier and not allowing them to abuse us in the paint? We cannot have a game. The last time we were outmatched in the post was Arizona. We've played a lot of teams that have no answers for us inside the past few games. And so it makes it very difficult to actually judge what we're doing on the court. When you looked at what happened against Ohio State, and what happened against, in particular, Arizona, where it was a layup line and there was very little resistance to allowing Arizona big men to dunk the ball or lay it in. And there was what practically 30 fast break points. If we, if we come out and let Xavier do that, this could be the new all-time low because that would show, that would show no adjustments that would show no improvement that would show no resistance against a team that does actually have more, more talent and more size than you. You need to figure out how to overcome that and show a level of coaching chutzpah. I hope I'm saying that right. You need to show the fan base that you actually know how to how to overcome roster limitations and kind of strategize our way to competing and ideally winning this damn game. I mean, that makes a ton of sense because at the end of the day, if we are going to stop that, like that and not have the, as you call it, the layup parade, you know, we can't really necessarily rely on, on Victor Locken, not because he can't do it, but because minutes being a factor here of how, you know, how many minutes can we keep him on the court per game? He's seen, you know, I'm just, I'm, I don't see it there of him being able to, to go, you know, 40 minutes away. We used to run Trey Scott. He can't the, go 40. No, he can't greatest, go 40. The greatest Bearcat in the history of, of Bearcats. Uh, so then you got to rely on guys like, you know, Kalu, who has proven to be kind of no, no. not there. You don't rely you gotta on him. You, no, you, you got to rely on. No, you don't. He doesn't see a minute in this game. If I'm Wes Miller, Ezekbe doesn't see one minute in this game. He has nothing to bring to the table against Xavier. It has to be the, the three-headed size triumvirate of Victor Locken, of Odio Guama, and then we're going to see Big Man Sage out there laying some wood, right? So, Five fouls. That's, that's it. That's where I was. Got, I mean, that's where I was going with it. But at the same time, like you know, Kalu's going to be a part, a piece of this. Unfortunately, no, he, he, he has he to step up. He didn't see a minute last game. Why do I think Kalu has to be has to see a minute if he's not bringing anything to the table right now? I, I think it's this it's the size it's it's the lack of size I, and we. I would rather I would I rather say, he's not he's not a, I, I, I should rephrase that he's not definitely not like a centerpiece. I'm basically going down what I'm looking at here on Kempom when I'm naming players that we're relying on here. And I'm going with the guys with size. We need our guys who have size to be boxing out, to be get, crashing the boards, to be aggressive on, on the glass. If we're not going to get that and we're not going to protect the interior paint, this is not going to go well for the Bearcats. It's, it's not. We need to force Xavier to shoot outside. 
We need to force them into making, you know, taking bad shots. We need to keep them away from the foul line because they're a good free throw shooting team. There's a lot of things that we're going to have to do that I think is going to be, be challenging. And I think you're hundred percent, right. You get me a little pumped up that it is, it is fifth third arena, right? This is a rivalry game. Anything can happen. And at the end of the day, this for as bad as the offense looks in terms of like moving the ball and actually running plays, we do shoot the ball. Okay. We do find ways to score points at certain times, as long as we're once again, crashing the boards, we're being aggressive, you know, we're getting and taking good open shots, right? We can knock shots down, but the issue is when we're not running offense, we're not getting those open looks. We don't, we have our time making tough ones. Xavier beat Cincinnati 83, 63 last year. Ugh. They shot 35 free throws. Nanji shot 15. He went nine of 14 from the field. He dropped 31 and 15 on the Bearcats. And that, then you've got Fremantle who went for eight and four Jones, not Jones. Let's see. He, um, I mean, honestly, it was the Nunji game. I, I'll never forget what he did to the Bearcats last season. They, they out rebounded us 41 to 28 in that game. The, the Bearcats, you know, turned it over 11 times to their nine, but in all honesty, this came down to Xavier being more aggressive, attacking the rim harder, shooting more free throws than the Bearcats and, and Cincinnati, you know, shooting a putrid 37% from the field, 31% from three, and they made 12 of 17 free throws. This is this is a manhood game, Hummer. This is a game where we're coming in with less size than we did last season, and yet we need to find an answer to how do we not get our asses kicked down in the paint. And that's up to Wes Miller and his coaching staff to get this team in a headspace where that simply is not allowed to happen. I know that it's not a forte of ours, but there's enough wing size and talent and the combination of, of Sage, Victor and Odie. They're just, it needs to be the game of their lives in terms of rebounding, in terms of protecting the rim and not giving up any easy layups. I want to see hard fouls. I want to see a no layup rule and, and just and on it. I I'm not delusional to the point of it, it does need to be the game of their lives. We need guys who, who haven't been reliable this season to step all the way up and play play beyond what they've done so uh, so far this season. And then I think you made a great point. We haven't mentioned the names of offensively what can be brought to the table. We need a good David DeJulius game. We need David DeJulius to eat like he eats against the likes of Cleveland State or Chaminade or you know some of these scrub teams that we've played so far. I need I need to see elite David DeJulius. We need Landers Nolly to have a nice shooting game. He's a guy who's going to have – he can get his way anytime he wants, but we need engaged and productive Landers Nolly. And then do your rain dance and just pray that Jeremiah Davenport makes that first shot of the game, which will no doubt be the very first Bearcat shot, a three-pointer from the top of the key. He's no doubt going to take that shot. We need to pray that goes in, and this man has a, a five three-pointer night or something. I'll make I'll make my bold prediction. We, we talk about in this rivalry the who's going to have the – X, not X, but, you know, symbol, star, insert player's name, game, right? The the Sean Kilpatrick game or, you know, whoever whoever is going to take over this game. And I think if we actually have that type of performance from a Bearcat player, we're going to lose the game. This needs to be a team effort. 
We need everybody contributing. We need the scoring to be distributed similar to games like Bryant. Granted, terrible team, but we had a lot of players involved, a lot of players involved with scoring, a lot of players working as a team to get the ball in the hoop, and we're going to need that. I don't think we can rely on just David Joyce going down and throwing a 30 bomb, but then having the rest of the team throwing, you know, single digits. We're going to have to have David Julius uh, being productive. We're going to have to have Victor Walken, like you said, having the games. Like we're going to need game of our lives from more than more than a couple people, and we need guys that honestly step up on that defensive end. We need to. We must protect this house. <laughs> yeah, I think it's important, seriously, to go into this game with the mentality of expecting a win. The the expectation of the Cincinnati Bearcats fan base is that you protect our home court against Xavier and win these games. And it really doesn't matter what the state of their program is versus what the state of our program is. I'm expecting Wes Miller to get this team ready to compete against and beat Xavier in this matchup. And I think all Bearcat fans should expect that of our head coach because of what this rivalry does mean to the city. And we do want to walk around for a year with the bragging rights. It doesn't matter how the rest of the season plays out. When you beat Xavier, you do have the bragging rights for the rest of that year, and that is something that matters. This is a rivalry that resonates nationally. It's a rivalry that resonates locally. It's a rivalry that does matter emotionally to us as fans. I do feel worse when Xavier beats Cincinnati. That that cannot happen. We're in Fifth Third Arena. There's enough talent on this roster to put together a performance that walks out of here victorious. And that's the expectation. Despite the fact that, you know, we, we've lost Newman, we've lost fantasy to injuries. Newman, I think it has been a bigger loss than I think most of us anticipated. I still think it's something that could have been overcome in a number of ways. Um, fantasy less concerned because I think that skill set exists on this roster already. And that's well-documented, but without sounding like a, a broken record, honestly, this podcast had a very weird vibe. I don't know how You're people welcome. react to it. I, you're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome for the weird Xavier midweek podcast. But any final thoughts before we wrap this up, Hummer? Uh, two thoughts. One, no line's been published yet for this game. But if we're going off of Kempom's prediction, Kempom predicts an L 79-77. Close game. They give us a 43% chance of pulling the upset. Uh, just also kind of going through some Kempom stats, I actually am just looking at kind of stick out to me. We're talking about offensive rebounding, defensive rebounding. Uh, Victor Locken is actually ranked in the top 20 in both offensive and defensive rebound percentage. Hummer, he's he's putting he's up double animal. doubles. No, he's putting he's up double animal. doubles in less than half a game. He's an animal. He doesn't even average 20 minutes a game. He's an animal. He is. He's the most important Bearcat on this roster by far. By far. In Vic, we trust. Mm. That's the mantra. Mm. All right, man. You heard it. Victor Lock, the game. We're going to, I know we can't have just one, but if we are going to have just one, the game of Victor Locken. Victor Locken drops a 20 bag. He grabs 12 boards and he ends up with like three assists. I'm going to throw Oops. some weird stats out just, there for this prediction. <laughs> I'm just saying, Victor Locken against Arizona, 17 points in 19 minutes. Against OSU, 12 points in 18 minutes. Against Louisville, 12 points in 16 minutes. And then NJIT, a 10 and 10 in 21 minutes. And then against Bryant, 16 and 13 in 20 minutes. 
I know some of the competition there's lacking. Should but like we the be guy, trying to play him 30, 30? Should we try to be upping his minutes? Is that possible? Is it, is he, well, is look it at the, injury? Is it, is it, no, what, the what foul, is, the foul counts were four, two, five, three, three. The guy does get in foul trouble. He is overzealous at times, and this needs to be the most disciplined game of his life. I do want hard fouls. I don't want them from Vic Lockett. I want hard fouls. I don't want them from Vic Lockett. Can we bring Kalu in just to be the enforcer? If he knows that's his role, you can bring. He just Kalu goes in. in and tackles someone. You have my permission. <laughs> if Vic, if Kalu knows that's his role, then he's got permission to check in. Otherwise, just sit there and, and be enthusiastic on the bench. Check in and check up. <laughs> All right, my final prediction, Hummer. Cincinnati does defend home court. I I think that I haven't seen anything to think we have the defensive discipline to make to win a low scoring brawl. So I am predicting an 84 to 76 victory for the Cincinnati Bearcats. They win relatively comfortably. We miss a couple free throws down the stretch. Things get a little they feel dicey, but they're never actually dicey. And uh, Micah Adams Woods closes it out with two clutch free throws that put it, you know, we have no doubt. And uh, the MVP of the game will be Victor Locken, who outplays Nunji in this matchup. And Vic Locken goes for his first 20 and 10 of his Cincinnati career. And the sleeper, the game sleeper is going to be Josh Reed. Josh Reed hits three, three pointers in this game. So my prediction is a little different here. This is a nail biter. This is a game that you see that we feel we're going to lose the entire time. We're going to come down into the final minutes of this game. There's going to be 20 seconds left on the clock, and UC goes with a tie-up with possession. And Jeremiah Davenport gets the ball with 15 seconds left and jacks up a three that he shouldn't be shooting. And we all have that expression on our face of why, except he nails it. It goes through. Xavier tosses the ball out of bounds. We get the ball back, and we win. There you go. You you heard it here first. Cincinnati Bearcats victorious in the Crosstown shootout. They move on to seven and three, and then me and you get to come back and say, hey, I think we've turned the season around. And now we get and then we get to get way too excited again. Let's leave it there. Yeah, we build the statue. We build the statue. Remember, remember the 13th of December from 2006. This is a rivalry game, and we should expect to defend our home court. Go Bearcats.